of all, a grossy shakoyach to all of you for the chizuk and for keeping the Torah alive in the base medrash. I haven't spoken to Rav Moshe, but I'm hearing that uh, he's doing a lot better. And Be'ez Hashem, look forward to coming. I'm especially um, impressed with the Chosen, you know, who's uh, coming in despite the fact that, uh, you know, it's like a chiyuv to be mevatel Torah when you're a Chosen. <laughs> That's what the Yetzirah tries to do, and kolakavod for the coming in and steiging. It's mamish gewaldik and it's mechaev everyone. This parsha is a very gewaldike yesoid that Rav Noach Isaac Albaum brings down. He's the, the Rebbe of the, of the uh, Rabbi Gladstein Schlitter, and he brings down a fascinating point. We know that the four leaders of the revolt of Kairach was Kairach, Dosan Aviram, and Oinben Peles. If you would have asked me, who do you think would be the toughest nuts to crack over here? would be Dosan and Aviram, right? They're always the ones who are starting up. They're always the ones who seem to be very stubborn in their ways. And yet, Moshe makes two attempts to have Shalom with Dosan and Aviram. The first attempt, he goes and calls for them. question is, why was he going and calling for them if at the beginning of the parasha we're talking that Korach stood alongside Dosan and Aviram when they approached Moshe Rabbeinu? So the Mephoshim say that Dosan Aviram walked away when Moshe started to talk. <laughs> you hear that? If you, want any, if you want to rub anyone up the wrong way, walk out of the speech. <laughs> you know, if he falls asleep, no. I can tell you as a community, Rav, guys fall asleep Friday night. It's not a problem. <laughs> It'll happen. It's a stomach demilsa. Okay, when they start snoring, then it's a little bit, you know. But if they, they fall asleep, no. But to walk away when you've come and you've tied on him, that's a bizarre with a capital base, right? What's that? <laughs> exactly. So what happens now? So what happens is, is they send him a fascinating message. And you look at these words and you think, my word, how can you say such things? Is it a small thing that you took us out of a land flowing with milk and honey? What are they talking about? Mitzrayim. You took us out of an emissary land of milk and honey. And you didn't bring us to the land of milk and honey. And then they say something amazing. The eyes of these people you should gouge out. We're not coming. What are you talking about gouging eyes? You know, if I'm going to say, you can't force me. You can't put a rope around me. You can't lasso me. What's pshat? That they say, you know, gouge out our eyes. This explanation I heard is beautiful is that there's one thing that we say blinds a person's eyes, and that's shoichat, bribery. They're saying to Moshe, we know what you're about. You want to pay us off. You want to give us a bit of dough. We're not even going to come to you. We're not interested. We're going to stand up for the truth, right? This is like Yesodia, Yesodis of Machloikas. You've got to stand up for the MS. The only problem is the MS is what the Etzora tells you is MS. But that's what they were saying. They're like, they take the moral high ground. So you can imagine, poor Moshe Rabbeinu, they won't even talk to me. And then Moshe gives a tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch And then, after HaKadosh Baruch says, you know, we're going to have to deal with these people, Moshe does something amazing. Vayaka Moshe. Moshe decides, you ain't coming to me, I'm coming to you. He gets up and he goes to Dosnaviram with the whole Sanhedrin behind him. And guess what happens when he comes to the tent? They refuse to come out. 
Then he tells the people, get away from these people or you're going to be swallowed up. Then they come out, and Chazal say, interesting, they came out cursing Moshe, and their wives were cursing more than even they were. Pretty geschmacker uh, crowd to deal with, right? Mamish. Okay. So, if you look at what he achieved over here, you'd say zero. What did he achieve? He tried, he failed. Was he successful in making Shalom? No. Did they listen to him? No. So, what, what was the point of this? Caesar of Obam Chazal say that in the merit of this, he saved four tzaddikim in Klal Israel. Who were the four tzaddikim? Oin ben Peles and the three sons of Koirach. Asir, Avisaf, and Elkanah. Ah, oh, but you asked. But Oin ben Peles was saved because his wife was clever. She stood outside. She uncovered her hair. And Asir, Avisaf, and Elkanah were, were did shuva themselves. Uh-uh. Each one didn't have enough merit to be saved. But with the schus of Moshe trying to make shalom, that achieved it. You know what's amazing? If you would have seen what happened, you couldn't see any inkling of that. But Chazal opened our eyes that sometimes your actions have the most unbelievable effects. Says the officer of Nosson, sometimes your twillers have the power to mamish, create something, a reality, a hundred years later. That's a Lashon of Officer of Nosson. Says the stipler in the Chazonish, how can it be that in, uh, you know, in their time it wasn't as much? But how can it be you have a person who becomes a Balchuva, his parents are not from, or where did it come from? So they come from the Bobas and Zaydus who cried and never lived to see the grandchildren do Chuva. The Twilas weren't strong enough to bring back the kids, but the grandkids have brought them back in Chuva. It's unbelievable. We've got to realize that the power that we have for mitzvahs, you never know the effect. There's a story, there was a Talmud of Chsam Reb Hilal Komarna. Hilal Komarna was known as a big kanoi. Right? Just off the record, every, every rural of a community wishes he could be a kanoi. <laughs> Just for the right reasons. Okay. So the Maisa, what did he do? He was on a train. And on the train was a Yiddish soldier. This Yiddish soldier, right? he comes, he sits, and he takes out his lunch. So Reb Hilal's looking, oh, what's he eating? And he sees, it looks... Looks like it's strife. So he goes up to him and he says, No, Reb Yid, Shalom, yeah, Shalom. He says, Tell me, what are you eating? He says, Yeah, you, you eating what do you think I'm eating? <laughs> so Reb Hillel starts giving him a drosha about Machlas Asuras and you, you can't eat it. Look what that's to you and the sham and everything. Mom, she's giving him. So the Yid carries, so this, the soldier carries on eating as he's listening to the drosha. And then after like half an hour, he takes out the next sandwich. And he's carrying on eating for a whole hour. Reb Hillel's sitting and giving him a drosha. He's eating and eating. After an hour, finally, the soldier turns to Reb Hillel and says, Rabbi, he says, yes. are you normal? He says, why? He says, you've been talking to me for an hour. It's made no difference. Can't you see? I don't care. I'm carrying on. I'm eating. I've been to like, what, my third sandwich now? So Reb Hillel said to him something beautiful. He said, you must know that at the time now that you are, you're young, you're strong, the whole world's at your feet, you think there's nothing that's going to get in your way. But there will come a time where you're going to get old, and there will come a time where things are going to move, change a little bit in your life. And the words that I said that are now sitting on your heart are going to penetrate into your heart. And even if it doesn't work now, or even later, but the last minutes of your life, if you do tshuva, then it'll be worth it.
Now, the story doesn't have the ending, and he did tshuva. We don't know what happened with the soldier. <laughs> it's not important. What's important for us is that look what this year did. He cared, he went, and he, and he did the most beautiful thing. Now, I learned this week, there's a rov in Montreal, not Montreal, Toronto, Rev Engel. He's an expert in chinuch. We had a Zoom link up, link up uh, with him in um, Shari Torah. And he said, a gewaldike yesoid. He says, what is the, the recipe for successful teichacha? Right? So most people today would say, zero teichacha, right? <laughs> no one wants to be told off. But he said a beautiful thing. He said, Chazal tell us the, from the following. When Elia Koyen was given the gzaira, that his children would have a gzaira all the way down, that they, that they would die at 18, they wouldn't live a long life, etc. All the way down because of certain nevaras they did in the Mishkan. So Hashem needed to choose someone to give over the nevur. Who did he choose? Elkanah. Elkanah was Shmuel Navi's father. Elkanah loved Eli HaKoyen. Because Eli was the one who blessed Hannah with a child and had, had, had taught Shmuel Navi. And because Elkanah loved Eli, Hashem sent Elkanah to give over the Nebuah because he would be macabre from it. When a person feels that you care about them, really, he'll be macabre. That's my pet hate is a big shtick in the communities. Guest speakers. Oh, wow. Now, there's a place for guest speakers, but there's also a place for popcorn. There's a place for candy floss, a place for ice cream. You're not going to grow from guest speakers. Why? Because the minute he opens his mouth and he tells you off, what's your knee-jerk reaction? Who are you? You don't know me. right? Whenever they bring guest speakers from all over, and this is all around the world, and he says something controversial, some people, yes, that's what I wanted to hear. And the other people are like, oh, what does he know? He doesn't know me. right? The only time a person's really going to grow is if he has a Kesha with the Rav, and the Rav can tell it to him straight. But it's more exciting to have a guest speaker because you can sit back with popcorn. Especially if they give you deep, wonderful ideas. I mean, there's a place for it, but you're not going to go weiter. It's a bit of spice, but it's not the zets and the tochas. You know what I'm saying? We always need that push and that oomph. Otherwise, how are we going to go weiter in life? So most people will say, you know who does it to me already? Is my Rebbitson. <laughs> I once had a guy, yeah, and uh, whatever. We had, a, we had a bit of a disagreement to put it mildly, <laughs> you can rings true, huh? So, th- so this guy, this guy had a disagreement with Boch Hashem. He gave me a mapola, and then afterwards we were friends because I prefer that. If you give me a mapola and then we talk about it, it's great rather than the South African shkoyach rabbi. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what's like. And uh, he said to me, "There's one person who has the zuchus of of telling me off, and that's my wife." <laughs> I was very impressed with him. <laughs> so the truth is, yes, that is true. But there comes a time where you can have, you know, one guy said, Isaiah Loshan, I'd rather get Musa from my kid than a rabbi. So what's he saying? He's saying, my rabbi is the Yetzirah. And the Yetzirah says, you must feel comfortable. You don't want the rabbi to tell you this and tell you that. But if a rabbi tells you something, then you're going to grow from it. You know, you're going to grow from it. So it's not just about giving the Teichachah. It's about wanting to receive the Teichachah, that you can hear Epis a little bit. Yeah, what this person is saying because he knows you and he's telling you. Maybe a little bit of this, maybe a little bit of that. You know, that's how we go enough. A lot of people feel that it's become a big shtick amongst a lot of you and everywhere is the the minion, 
You know, like, like what do they call it? My, one of Rosh Hashiva called it pirate minyanim. Because <laughs> they help arrive from the yeshiva and they just have a, a small minion on the side. It's become very popular now to have minyanim without rabbonim, right? And it's gishmak. You go quickly, you don't have to wait for anyone, you just move. It's very gishmak. But uh, Rav Miller used to say, the old Gishoid, he said, better than davening nights on Shabbos is go to a minion with a rov and you'll hear a little bit of Torah, a little bit of Musa from him. Right? You've got to be able to hear. Open your ears. So that's, that's, that's the vote. That's the vote. You know, you see that, that on the one hand, the striving for shalom, but you also see that when you need to give to have the, the ear open. The Sforno says that when did Hashem goizer that the Dora mob will be destroyed? So the famous vote, of course, is when they, still, and they stole that little bit, you know, less than Shavapruta. But the Swana says when they refuse to listen to anyone giving Toichachah. Rebrevda said, Bashas Bais Rishon, the Yidden had Naviim knocking on their doors every day, morning and evening. And they didn't want to hear them. So you know what they used to do? They used to have a Lachaim in the morning and a Lachaim at night. So when they came and gave Musa, whatever. <laughs> I'm in a different headspace. <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen. Right? So that's the aside. Again, I talk to myself. You know, the, the Ramban famously appointed someone to be his personal mochiach. I challenge anyone today who could handle that for more than a day. Which means this guy followed the Ramban around. He was paid as such because who's going to give the Ramban teicho? And he would pick and prod the Ramban for anything he did wrong. After, after a, a few hours, I think we would have always said, right, <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> right? Can you imagine? He did this every single day. And the Ramban would tell him off if he didn't tell him off. That's a person who's comfortable and he's happy with himself. And if he feels, you know, we can go vital, we can grow. You know? The famous story in the Goish world was the Kaiser of Germany, the last king of Germany. And he had a rule. No one was ever allowed to disagree with him. Because he had an incredibly low self-image of himself. He had a shorter arm than the other arm. And he felt very, you know, uh, self-conscious about it. So if anyone would tell him off, he would just scream and shout and wouldn't listen. So he surrounded himself with advisors who would just agree and nod with what he said. And he led the country to absolute destruction. <laughs> He's considered one of the stupidest leaders ever in world history. And the reason is because he couldn't handle anyone telling him off. Right? He couldn't handle that at all. Now, again, we don't enjoy that, and we do need to hear a lot of positive as well. But at least if we have an ear and listen and hear about it, something can do. And when you tell someone, you never know what can be. There's a story in Osamach Yushalayim. There was a young boy there, beautiful boy. This guy, oh my gosh, I met him, Gvaldik. And he was learning, but he was getting, you know, lachats from his parents. His, his mom had passed away, lachats from his father. He's got to go get a panosa, get a panosa. For those of us who've been there, done that, you know. <laughs> and what happened? Happened was, is that uh, he was sitting in the base medrash and he said, you know, I've got to leave. I've got to go off. He had this, this story. He was going to go to Barilan and that was it. And there was a bocha there who was a very excited bocha. And he told him, no, you've got to make a plan to convey it him, to learn. And he mum passionate. And he didn't realize, but it had an ashpah on this guy. He decided, okay, he's going to learn in the morning in yeshiva, and he'll do the course in the afternoon. I don't know how he managed, whatever, but he managed. 
And today he's mamish a flourishing bentar, a midas marbit star, unbelievable what this guy has achieved in his life, his family, everything. And and he actually hosted this guy back for a Purim Suda. And he said, I want to tell you. And his wife said, I want to, he said, thank you for my husband. And this book had no clue where his words would end up. You had no idea the power. Could just be a word of encouragement, a chizuk, a strength, anything like that. Could mamish, you could build worlds. One thing we see from the parsha is Moshe's Efforts didn't go in vain, and never do our efforts go in vain. Finally, Rabbi Zev Glass Shlita, the Rav I teach with, he is a gewaldiker, gewaldiker, Talmud Chacham, full of life. You know, Zay got this compliment from the principal. He says, you're the most chassidish of our entire staff. <laughs> Which means he is overflowing with warmth. And Torah, he's unbelievable. He's got his own minion in his house, brilliant. And he said, a gewaldic yesoid. <laughs> and he said, Mama, she's, I mean, please God, it should be zoichet to build a shul. And he said, gewaldic a thing. He said, Rav Aaron Kotler says, the din of a maces, maces is someone who causes someone to do an avera, right? He tries to convince him, and we pull out all the stops with him. We plant witnesses. There's no warning. If he comes to base and he's chayev, and if someone says zakai, we ignore it. The opposite of what we do with everyone else. And you're a maces, even if you told someone to do an avera and he didn't listen to you. So he says, now hold on a minute. We know Midatova Maruba. We know from the Saras Adibris, Kodesh Bach wants to give 500 times more than he wants to punish. He says, can you imagine for a Macy's, he gets all these terrible things happen to him. Can you imagine the bracha of someone who pushes someone else to do Torah? Can you imagine how exponentially more you're going to get in yourself? The bracha in your life? Unbelievable. So you see Kairach, and you see a destruction and doubt. Think about the Moshe Rabbeinus. Think about when we can affect someone else and get piles and piles of brochas that our Kodesh Baruch can give us. Just with a few words, a sheer avod, etc. Noach Weinberg Zatzal used to say, if you know, Aleph based each other based. And you never know. A vote, something over here, you can mamish be mashbia. So, Kodesh Baruch should help us as we say the word, you know, kola poilet and a balea. We say with a pot. The pot is exuding out taste it can't absorb. If you're constantly giving, you're constantly growing and you'll just get stronger and stronger like a mayana misgabe. So, I give you all the brocha, you should just continue to be the mayana misgabe. should be zoicha to get your back soon. And, uh, but I think our Kodesh Bochol, they had a different plan for you. I think our Kodesh Bochol arranged this. One reason is because he wanted to see Chaburas come over here as well. He wanted to see Chaburas. He wanted to see that people, people can see, oh, we can also give. We can also uh, give over. And who knows? Maybe in the future there'll be a couple of you be giving your own, uh, own night coils, your own Chaburas. And your own droshes, and who knows what else? Who knows? The sky's the limit. But I could just open it up, and please God, just be with the bracha.